0: Good morning. Six more sleeps until Christmas. It's hard to believe that 2020 is almost over and what a year it has been. It started off with fires. I was organizing a bushwalk and we had to head south to avoid the fires. We then had floods and I remember shoveling mud at our place down at the river to get rid of all of the mud from the floods. And then of course, COVID. It'll be a year to remember. During these times, we're reminded of what's important to us, and things that are important to me include family, friends, good health, and underlying all of these is the hope and reassurance of our Saviour Jesus. Today, we want to celebrate Christmas and all that it represents. Welcome to our worship service this morning from wherever you are watching. From the church family at Castle Hill, we'd like to wish you a very Merry Christmas.
1: Christmas is usually associated with waiting. We spend half of our life waiting. We have waiting rooms and waiting lines. We wait to be seated, we wait for food, we wait for birthday parties, we wait for birthdays. Sometimes it seems that all we do is wait. Our life is made up of one mad rush to get from one wait to another, from one line to another. A report from a few years ago said that on average we spend six months sitting at stoplights and over five years waiting in lines. Five years of my life waiting in lines? I dislike going to the bank, I dislike lining up at the RMS, I just don't like it. So we wait, and we wait, and wait for that special present we're after. I can remember one Christmas when I was growing up, I really wanted boxing gloves and uh, I dropped hints everywhere. I wrote letters to Santa and I cut pictures out of magazines and put them on my mum's pillow. I even tried to be extra nice to my sisters. Can you believe it? Leonora and Glenda during the countdown of Christmas. It wasn't easy to do, you know. When Christmas finally came, I jumped out of my bed and ran all the way to the Christmas tree and I looked for a box with my name on it. I thought the box would be so big. I looked everywhere and couldn't find it. Do you know what I got that year? I'll never forget it. To my absolute dismay, Mum and Dad bought me a colouring book with pencils my heart was burning with disappointment and sadness. I was an outdoor kid. All I wanted to do was to ride my push bike around Maruba and uh, be out with my friends climbing trees. Please allow me to ask you a few questions. What are you waiting for this Christmas? Are you longing for anything? What are you expecting to receive? Are you looking forward to anything special this Christmas? In the Gospel of Luke, we come across two characters who make their appearance in the early days of Jesus' life. One is a man named Simeon. The other is a woman called Anna. They don't appear in any nativity scenes or in any Christmas cards, but they are significant players in the life of Jesus and the Scriptures. Both of these individuals were waiting for something Actually, they were waiting for someone. I want us to look at Simeon, who waited his entire life for something. And I think it was definitely something worth waiting for. If I was given the offer to wait my entire life for the same thing he waited for, I would do it gladly. Luke uses a Greek word of anticipation that identifies them as waiting with expectation for the coming of the Messiah, our Saviour. Simeon waited with anticipation for Jesus. It literally means that they were alert to his appearance and ready to welcome him. We see this word in Luke 2.35 in reference to Simeon where we read that he was waiting and in Luke 2.38 to describe a woman named Anna who was looking forward to...
2: It's good to see you again, church family. And it's good to be celebrating such a beautiful event of history. The entrance of our King and our Lord Jesus. I'm going to open up to... Luke chapter 2 today, and I'm going to just read a little short verse here about someone quite special and someone interesting. His name is Simeon. Now there was a man named Simeon who lived in Jerusalem. He was a righteous man and very devout. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. What an amazing description of a person. Just imagine if someone explained you that way. You were a righteous person, devout, filled with the holy spirit this man was respected amongst his peers he was respected amongst the community as a righteous man and he was very devout in his walk and in his relationship with god he lived in jerusalem the problem was that jerusalem wasn't in a great way especially for those who followed god because they were under roman rule they'd been hoping for generations and generations that they could be freed from rome and freed from the powers that were over them And there was a promise of someone called the Messiah who was going to come. And they believed many things about him. In verse 26, Simeon mentioned something interesting. That the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Messiah. Wouldn't that be amazing? Knowing that before you breathe your last breath, you would see the Messiah come. What an incredible, incredible verse. Simeon's expectation had focused on the comfort that Christ would bring, that the Messiah would bring. Among Jews of Simeon's day, one of the popular titles and names for the Messiah was the Comforter. Like some of the Christian songs and Christmas songs that we have just sung, they were longing for the Messiah to come and to bring his comfort us. They were longing for comfort in a time of uncertainty, in a time of unpredictable future, in a time where they felt powerless to do anything about the situation that was around them. It strikes me that the desire to be comforted is actually pretty universal. Whether you live in Australia or Africa or Asia, wherever you are in this world, whether you're wealthy or poor, We desire to be safe. We desire to be known and to be comforted. We all struggle with loneliness, emptiness, insecurity, and even desperation at times. In fact, around the Christmas season, there's an increase in mental health needs, there's an increase in anxiety, and an increase in suicide. So the Holy Spirit prompted Simeon to go to the temple courts and just at the right time, on the right day, when Joseph and Mary were there. They came in with their their infant baby into the temple and Simeon looked at baby Jesus, about six weeks old, just two weeks younger than our daughter, and he knew that God's promise had been kept. He saw that baby and it was like the Spirit revealed to him that's the one there he was Emmanuel God with us so incredible to make everything right to provide significance by his presence to eliminate rejection fear loneliness because there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus to bring healing to set the captive free to set you and I free. Luke 2, 28 goes on to say that Simeon was there and he took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Lord, now I can die in peace as you promised me. I've seen the Saviour you have given to to all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations and he is the glory of your people, Israel. Just imagine if you were standing there, all of you parents If you were standing in church and an old man that you didn't necessarily recognize came up to you and just grabbed your newborn baby out of your arms and started singing a song, it'd be confronting, to say the least. But at the same time, you probably feel like he's not necessarily the biggest threat because he's singing a praise song to God. um, And he's also talking about dying in peace because he's finally met the one. That'd be quite an experience, quite an interesting experience to have on that day. As he broke out into praise, he acknowledged that God had not only fulfilled the individual promise to him, but also the promises of the prophets to send the anointed one to comfort both Jews and Gentiles. The anointed one, Jesus, to comfort you and I. The anointed one, Emmanuel, God with us.
3: The other Christmas character who was waiting in anticipation was Anna. After her husband died, she dedicated herself to fasting and praying in the temple. In fact, the Bible says that she never left the temple and she was there worshiping day and night. Anna was looking forward to the same person that Simeon was, but with a different orientation. Instead of looking for comfort, Anna was looking for forgiveness. Take a look at verse 38. It says, Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. This word redemption, it's related to the idea of captivity. The Old Testament Passover and the release of Israel from Egyptian slavery stood in Anna's day as the ultimate redemption and the symbol of God's power to release captives. Ultimately, Passover pointed ahead to the day when God would provide deliverance from the slavery of sin. When Anna saw Jesus, she gave thanks to God and spoke of him to all who were waiting for redemption. Here at last was the one who would save his people from their sins. When Jesus came, he provided the very things that Simeon and Anna were waiting for, God's comfort and his forgiveness. Let me ask you a question. What are you waiting for this Christmas? Whatever it is, Jesus can give it to you. Do you identify with Simeon? Some of us are really hurting right now. Maybe you feel lonely, empty, afraid, fearful, and just maxed out. Do you need some comfort? Do you need consoling? Do you need a fresh sense of God's presence? If so, you can find what you're looking for in Jesus. He came to console us right where we are. Or maybe you identify more with Anna. Are you plagued with guilt this Christmas because of something you've done or the way you've been living? Do you feel like you're trapped in a pattern of sin that you just can't break out of? If you need forgiveness, Jesus can give it to you now. I can think of no better time than Christmas to do that.
1: Acts 2.33 says, The child's father and mother marvelled at what was said about him. Jesus' father... And mother were speechless with surprise at his word, says the Message Bible. When Joseph and Mary tried to process everything that was happening, verse 33 says that they marveled at what was said about Jesus. According to the dictionary, to become a marveler is to be filled with wonder, astonishment, and surprise. Are you a marveler this Christmas? Or are you too caught up in the busyness and stress of the season? Have you been running around because of the shopping and the holidays? Or are you taking time to make Christmas a holy time, a special day? Has Christmas become too predictable, too familiar? Have you heard the Christmas story so much that it no longer astonishes you? Actually, This can be a dangerous time of the year for us. Our annual celebration of Christmas can immunise us to its reality. We hear just enough of the story each year to inoculate us against the real thing so that we never really catch the true Christmas fever. Here's an idea that may help you recapture the marvel of Christmas Pick one of the Christmas characters and put yourself in their sandals. Imagine what it must have been like to witness the Christmas story firsthand. Go ahead, pick one. There's Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, Simeon, Anna, all the wise men.
2: And marvel at Jesus and what he's doing for you. So we're back together again. And you've heard three amazing messages about three amazing people. I want to come back to Simeon for a second. He was a mover. He was someone who acted. He was someone who took a step. There's a lot of good thinkers out there, but he was a mover. If you look at verse 27, in Luke chapter 2, verse 27, it says this, that day the Holy Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as as the law required, Simeon was there and he took the child in his arms. He was right there. The Spirit led him and said, go. And he got up onto his feet and went to church. He was standing there waiting. He was there. He had taken a step. When you go to verse 38, he took the child in that very moment and gave thanks to God. Both Simeon and Anna were movers. When the Holy Spirit prompted them to move, they didn't sit still. They heard the voice. They responded. I wonder what would have happened if they didn't respond. Would someone else be called? Would the whole story be different? Every one of the Christmas characters responded to the Holy Spirit. Every one of them responded to the leading of the Holy Spirit, with the exception of one, Herod, of course. (laughs) Mary was ready to move when she said to the angel, may it be to me as you have said. Joseph demonstrated that he was a mover when he woke up from his dream and did what the angel of the Lord had commanded and took Mary home to be his wife. Quite a big life decision. That's in Matthew 1.24. The shepherds were movers as well, When they said, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. Luke 2 verse 15. Church family, when the Holy Spirit impresses you to do something, when God prompts you, when He speaks to you, just like it says in Psalm 27, my heart has heard you say. When He speaks to you deep down inside and you're convicted by God, you need to act. You need to be a mover. Not a thinker, not a not a waiter, but a mover. It might mean salvation for some of you. It might mean full surrender. Maybe the Holy Spirit wants you to get involved in serving more people. Maybe it's repentance. Maybe that's the step. Do you sense God reaching out to you? Have you had moments where you feel like he's tried to lead you somewhere? He's impressed you to go. Are you a mover? Are you willing to move? Don't procrastinate when God prompts you. Don't put it on the shelf and think about it. When making a decision, if we wait till everything's perfect, we'll probably be too late. If the Holy Spirit is prompting you, if God is leading you, be a mover. Don't put it off. Get up on your feet. Walk down there like Simeon and be there and be active. Be a mover.
3: Funnily enough, as we work at becoming marvellous, we can't help but become movers. This leads us to the final action step for this message, become a messenger. Notice verse 38 again. She gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Do you have family and friends who have been caught up in preparations for Christmas? Look at it this way. Maybe their anticipation and their longings really represent an inner search for comfort, joy and forgiveness. These are the things that only the Messiah can provide. God wants each one of us to be messengers of this Christmas story. So let me wrap this up by saying as you and I become marvelers, the wonder of Christmas will astonish us. Then as we become movers, our needs for comfort and forgiveness will be met. And finally, as we take our role of messengers seriously, we're going to be in a position to introduce others to the Christ of Christmas so that they in turn can find out what they've been waiting for. Basically, Christmas is a marvelous moving message. How can we not find what we've been looking for? And how can we keep quiet about it? Once you have the sun, you have everything. Will you take him this Christmas? You're invited to a birthday party. It's the birthday party of Jesus. We may not have the exact date, But Christmas is so important in our Christian calendar. It's Jesus' party, but He wants to give you the present. He wants to give you the gift of Himself. Will you take Him? Will you accept Him today and make Him the important person and friend in your life? Will you invite Him to be your Saviour? Merry Christmas.
1: I don't know about you, but I have absolutely enjoyed today's Christmas service. I've appreciated it. I've loved the music, and I'm grateful to Gabrielle, uh, who has put the program together. Gabrielle Thompson, thank you so much, Gabby. The musicians, the tech team, for all their time invested for everyone that has dedicated time in being involved in today's service. Thank you, Pastor Nick and Jess, for sharing so wisely from God's Word. I miss you all, and I can't wait for us to come back together. Let me remind you that as a church, we are so blessed, so blessed that we can do church online. And I want to encourage you to marvel at Jesus. Once again, take time to be with him. Take time to be with your family and friends. Look after yourselves Share God's love with one another. We hope to see you soon. We hope to see you real soon. We hope that we can worship together in the first week of February. Until then, I look forward to our next time together in our last worship service of the year in December soon. Thank you. God bless. Bye.